0: a warm-hearted good morning welcome once again to our bruntman studios where we tackle relevant issues that affects our christian world on a daily basis our topic for discussions pastors ministers dominies reverends, bishops well they're human too do you have an unspoken belief that your pastor your minister your dominie, perhaps your reverend or bishop should be perfect Keeping in mind they are simply people called and anointed by God to feed and nourish and care for, develop and lead God's people, the church. And let's be honest, with the complex mixture of ages, races, personalities, backgrounds, cultures, experience, mindsets and expectations, in the church this is not an easy task. Can I say, but God. Did you know they fight the same battles that you're fighting? And many times on more intense levels because they are on the front lines and the enemy know that if he can weaken the leader, it will weaken the body. If he can smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. Like you, at times, well, they get tired and frustrated. Don't exercise sufficient self-control. Wonder if God is hearing their prayers, battle insecurity, or are overcome by a sense of failure, having spiritually dry seasons, making poor parenting decisions, neglecting their spouses making poor health choices, mismanaged finances, succumb to sexual temptations, and at times, because of weight and pressure of the responsibility of leading and caring for God's people, they just want to quit, walk away from it all. Can I say again, but God, just like you, They are on a spiritual journey of becoming more and more like Christ on a daily basis and growing in the things of God. They are ahead of you in some areas, let's be honest, and behind you in other areas. At times, you stumble and fall along the way, and at times, they stumble and fall along the way. A key difference, though, is that your journey and process is more private. You see, theirs is more public. When you stumble and you fall, you have the option to metaphorically, quote-unquote, drop the curtain and hide to heal. But when they fall, most times their role demands that they stay on stage, in the spotlight, and lead while they bleed, this is not easy, can't be, well join us as Brindpunt looks at church leaders and the daily battles they fight, because they're human too, don't stray or go away, we'll be back with our respondents, right after this. Wel, ons we het vir pastoor Neville Norden aan die hoof van levende woord genooi, om sy hart met ons te kom deel, pastore, predikante, dominees, kerkleiers, ook maar net 'n vlees en bloed, Neville, jouw ervaring, wat is die uitdagings wat uh, ons kerkleierschap dagelijks in die gezicht staat? ten spuite van die feit dat leren van hulle verwag om perfect te wees in elke opzicht? Wat is jou belevenis?
1: Wel, my eerste woord is dat hij wat nie sonde het nie gooi die eerste klip. Dat is de prediker wat van zijn vrou skuie en ek gaan sien hom, en ek sê van broer wat het verkeerd geloop, hy sê is 100% aarsel. Ik zeg, kom bezoek je volgende zondag en ik breng Emmer Klepsen samen. Ik wil hier met jou gemeente met klippe gooien. Hij is nou nog kwaad voor mij. Ons wordt uitgedaagd ook met situaties, want je hebt altijd de tijdsprioriteiten en die prioriteiten om mijn tijd in te deel met mijn familie, met problemen en gemeente, En dan met verzoekings. Ik heb drie maanden in mijn vrouw uitgenomen ik ek sê van, ek neem jou vanavond uit vir eten. Die dag hou op, hy sê, ek het hulp nodig, anders gaan ik zelf moord pleeg. En die macht dag, denk ik was kras, ik sê, broer, ik bel iemand nee jij moet my helpen. Ik sê, weet jij, als ik nie my vrou uitneem vanavond vir eten, hy het ons moord hier. So ons is die uitdag, hy sê, man, ek kan zelf moord pleeg, ik sê, doen dit net hier, anders moet ons die broed skoon maak na die tyd. Hy is toe baie kwaad vir my, maar en miskien klink dit hard, maar as my hevelik tot niet gaan, dan is my bediening tot niet. So, as ek die eerste ding sê, wat onze uitdaging het, is prioriteite. Het het genoeg tijd vir my kind, voor my vrouw, het het genoeg tijd vir myself,
0: Toch aan die einde van die dag is daar een verwachting by gemeentelede dat julle perfect moet wees, die die chief cook and bottle syndrome. Julle moet alles kan doen, een predikant sê dag wanneer hy met verlof gaan, dan sê hy vir ander mense, hy is eindelijk een mense besieder, want mense tree vreemd op na by predikant en toch is julle ook net vlees en bloed. Vanzelf, so, die uitdagings, dit wat jij nou noem, wat de volgorde, zou so jy sê, is dingen belangrijk en moet die gemeente net verstaan? Is dit God eerste, familie tweede en dan die gemeente, of wat is jou belevenis, wat is een raad gee jy volgen?
1: Mijn voorstel, op het tijd is my vrou doodlik ziek, ik ja, is bij gemeente, en die hoofdvrediker bel my, sê, so jou vrou is doodlik ziek, jy moet onmiddellijk kom, en nou moet ik een besluit neem want ek neem dienste, was mijn plek, um, was in Zinien, en ons het die uitstaande wonerwerk gehad, wat die dorp van die praat gehad het, en nou sê die prediker van mijn jong, vanavond is die plek gepakt. nou moet ek huis gaan, mijn vrouw is ziek. die prediker wordt my gebel het, sê vir my, weet nie of je vrouw op ster wil nie, nou gaan sit ek in het toilet, ik sê jyre praat met mij met een nieuwe bijbel. Ik maak die bijbel oop, nou lees ek hy, wat nie moeder en vader verlaat nie, nou bel ek die prediker terug, ek sê, kom niet, die jyre, sê, ek moet blij, Hij sê mij my, wat is jou prioriteite? Ek sê, die jyre eerste, ek tweede, my vrouw derde, my kinders vierde, die gemeente vijfde, Hij sê, oké, okay, kan ik jou vrouw sê, jyre, hy hoor, vijf minuten? ek sê, nou, kom, Hij sê, jy het nou net gesê, die eerste, jy tweede, jou vrouw derde, Die gemeente kom eers vijfde so ek het daar een les geleerd. en ik uh, moet de prioriteitsles in my gemeente de verantwoordelijkheid, maar ik is die hoof voor my huis en ek verantwoordelikheid by die huis. en uh, dit was my onzettende les en nou ik ek gaan sit, ek kan die bybel maken. maak, anders sit ek en ek maak die bybel hoop en daar, daar staan en Judas het homself gaan ophang, is dat een manier om God sy stem te hoor Dan maak ek die toe, maar kom weer oop, doen jy diezelfde. is dit nou een woord van die jaren om mijzelf te gaan opvang, en daarom moet ik een prioriteitsluis In en mens is betekend vir my kwaad, ek spakel my telefoon af in die nacht, want morgen het ik weer een vol dag, nou sê iemand, in mijn vrouw of mijn maas, is in die nacht, ek sê nou bid ons vir haar die volgende dag, of ons want haar, want ek, het, ek moet slaap, Ek kan 10 nacht niks doen nie.
0: Pastoor kan ek so vir jou vraag, ons strijd is nie vlees en bloed nie, en toch weet ons die vijand, kom baie keer soos kanker van binnen, Als as hy die leier kan vernietig, dan zal die lichaam ook vernietig, die die kerk uit mekaar uitval, Als hy die pastoor van sy troon kan afstamp, dan zal die skape ook op duizend hewels gaan dwaal. Wat wil jy voor een kerkleier vanmorgen sê? wat hierdie uitdagings in die gezegd staar, so er afsluiting, want aan die einde van die dag, je is toch ook maar net vlees en bloed.
1: Die beste is dat, ik denk as ik geleerd is dat ik iemand krijt, die wie ik verantwoording doen. Dat wil sê, dat ek saam, as ik in die bediening is, een ander bedienaar het, met wie ik kan gaan praten en sê, dis my uitdagings, en bid saam met my, help my, soos my vrouw of my sê, Als ek een probleem het, nou wie gaan sien, of wie gaan zien ons, want, dan praat die hele gemeente daarvan, so ons werk ook heel goed, als gevolg van die druk van onze omstandigheden. al wat ik voor predikers kan zeggen is, is dat, jy nodig, om, uh, jou prioriteit terecht te kry, dit het, het nou nog genoem, jy tijd self tyd nodig, en dan tijd nodig om te sê, waarom waarmee sikkel ek? En as ek sê, waarmee sikkel ek? Um, ek, ek noem iets wat negatief is, ek loop saam te die prediker um, in die op die strand. En hier komen een meisje sonder een, een voorbij. Nou loer hy so uit de kant van sy oog uit. En nou sê ek, van broer het jy een probleem? Nee, 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 ek het nie een probleem nie. En nou moet ek kom en sê, het ek een probleem? So ons moet ook eerlijk wees met ons self. Het ek een probleem dat ek, as ek kan ek versoek word, van die vijand kom, as hy Jesus versoek het, sal hy my versoek, en as hy David kon laat val, met die versoeking, wat van my, so ek moet besef dat, um, ek in versoeking gaan kom, en ek moet leer om in daar die situasie, die naam van die Heere aan te roep, maar van my prakties in bediening, een bediening, bijvoorbeeld as ik een begrafnis gaan neem, en ik het net de dame wat die sang gaan leid by die begrafenis, dan kan ik haar nie saam met my laat reine, want mense ken my, dan sê hulle daar reine wel met de vreemde vrouw. So ek het zekere reels, en dan als ik um, het bijvoorbeeld altijd graag ik je wijn bij eten gedrink, maar nou kom een jong ookie wat in die gemeente is, en maak my eiskas op, en die heren vraag my, dink hy sal strijkel, Ik zie hier rij moeilijk. Zo so Romeine mijn 14 c. Als mijn vrijheid iemand laat streken, is ik bereid om mijn vrijheid op te offer, Zo, so ik okay. moet kom bij een plek waar ik zekere beginsels en voorwaarden stel en daarvolgens leef. Uh, dit nie dat ek nie in de vervolgens leef. Dat betekent niet dat ik niet in verzoeken gaan komen.
0: Net zo so ter afsluiting was het letterlijke minuut, vir Voor leren, wat bij een keer de herder van een gemeente so verdruk, tot op een punt waar hy voel hy wil wegstap van die bediening af. Wat zou so je woord wees vir gemeente leren ter afsluiting dan van die
1: programma? Mijn woord so wees dat ek het die wat mij beskerm. En als so er mense met my beklein sê, maar je kan nie bij hom uitkom nie. Ek sê, ek is een mens, was 24 jaar, so uh, weer eens, en as ek nie gaan die scansen opzetten, nie, ik so ek wil vir die gemeente vraag, die gemeente Je herken die feit dat jou predikere mens is en dat hy ook tyd met sy familie en vrye tyd nodig het. Hy kan nie vieren van hy werk nie. Wees tevrede as jy nie onmiddelike afspraak kan kry.
0: So sê pastoor Neville Norden aan die hoofd dan van levende woord, man wat verseker sal weet van die uitdagings wat pastore, predikante, dominees, reverends, bishops in die gezicht staar. Neville, baie dankie dat jy met ons die het hierby brandpunt.
1: Baie dankie, ek vertrou dat dit iemand sal help, en die groe ding is om een dader van die woord te wees. En as jy nie dader is nie, ergens as jy kompromie aangaan, tot wat er matig in jou komprimie aangaan. Baie dankie dat ek kon deelwees van die program.
0: Nou ja, ons het Dominique Callen Smit van Kerkzonder Mier ook genader vir sy opinie. hy vraag nederig om verskoning vast met ander verplichtingen, maar hy het een kort ook met ons gedeel oor die onderwerp van bespreking. Jou dominee, jou pastoor, jou predikant is ook maar net vlees. Dominique Callen, oor na jou.
2: Korte opmerking aan my kant is, ik denk, dit is die probleem vooral van alle hoe kleiner gemeentes, is dat ons baie blootgesteld voel en dat hy alles moet doen. Denk kunnen een groter gemeente context, kan in my stok ruimtes kry bepaalde vriendskap hee, waar jij um, een mens kan wees. Uh, ek denk wat soms gebeur, en die soms net een paar los opmerkings, is as ek denk aan, aan hoe hoekom, hoekom haak die, die tokke lok is so uit, baie keer? dan is dit waarschijnlijk omdat hulle wannabe people too hulle wil ook niet gebrandmerkt word of wordt word nie en, uh, ja dit is maar een fishbowl manier is fishbowl leven en dit is so vir jou kinders ook en uh, dit, dit laat my soms voel zo so onrechtvaardig want zelfs in, in, in ons context wat, wat de stadsgemeenschap is wordt mijn kinders nog steeds gezien als die dominise sien die dominise dochter, die dominise sien dit is nou ons drie kinders uh, dat is niet vir altijd lekker nie maar hulle het kom maar met die prinkjie me but anyway bye, and bye
0: I've got Pastor dwayne Foxley online dwayne in a nutshell, just your background involvement with the body of Christ here on earth please
3: good day yes I've been involved in ministry for almost twenty five years, and it has been a joy because I also grew up in a household where my parents were themselves leaders in the local church um, for many many years, so I grew up in that milieu and um it's It's always a it's it's a wonderful privilege to serve people, and we have a very I have a very um, soft spot in my heart for leaders, and it's it's a real joy for the last few years to be be involved with encouraging and facilitating leaders as they pursue um, God's higher calling for their life, because leadership is a calling, just as being a doctor and a nurse. Um, it's not just a career opportunity, it really is a calling from God.
0: Excellent that you say that, because even as a leader, you are human too. You have heard the introduction to this program, and people listening to us right now might say, yes, I know they are human, but I still have a higher level of expectation from my church leader. I expect from him perfect manners, perfect spouse, perfect children, Perfect scriptural knowledge, perfect understanding. What would you say to that?
3: I think they're living in a dream world. But yes, if you look at the biblical examples of leadership, some of your earliest leaders like Aaron and Moses, these were not perfect men. And these were men who sat in the very glory of God. Um, So, you know, if we are going to have those sort of expectations, then somewhere along the line, we're going to be disappointed because sometimes we project, um, onto our leaders this godlike figure, and they're not God, but they do hear from the Lord, and what they are supposed to do as leaders is they're just there to facilitate so that we as the body as well can start hearing from God as well. they're not there to replace God, they' are not there to be God's vicarious representative, and everything else of God disappears and I think that's the the first fault we make as the congregation is we treat them like God and we have these godlike expectations of them. And they are human. They are on a journey themselves that is spiritual, that is growing. They are learning. Some leaders, I mean, in countries where Christians are persecuted have been leaders for only um, a few weeks and Christians for only three years, maybe two years, maybe a few few months. And they put in a difficult position of being leaders and they have never been leaders before in their life. So, yeah, I think I think we need to reassess as a congregation what our expectations are. And we need to be a little kinder and understanding that they are just people.
0: Does that mean at the end of the day, because it's expected of you to be. Uh, Can I say, and, and I use that in inverted commas, chief cook and bottle washer. Does that mean that you also struggle sometimes hearing from God, battle insecurities, overcome senses of failure? And what are your daily struggles as a pastor?
3: I always say to people that when God chooses leaders, sometimes he also chooses the worst to be the best example. You know, um, he takes people that, like Paul and, you know, men and women who've really maybe not met the mark well before Christ. Suddenly, God uses them to bring glory to his name. So he uses ordinary people with their failings. And, you know, I have my failings as well. I've burnt out at least once or twice. And I've had to learn to deal with my fears. Um, I've gone actually to ministries like LL where they've prayed for me. And God has given me victory over fear, which kept my life at, in a certain place for many, many years. Um, and God set me free from these crazy fears. And fear is a, a real relevant thing for us. It's a relevant thing for normal people, everyday people, but now leaders as well. Um, that we're not meeting the mark, that we're not making sufficient funding, that we're not reaching certain goals. You know, that we are disappointing people, that we are not meeting expectations. These these things just drive the fear even more. And, you know, we are, you have to learn at the feet of Jesus. And when leaders don't do that, and when congregations are also driving the leader instead of giving room for the leader to be led by God— you know there is a recipe for disaster somewhere along the line yeah
0: we 've said in the intro to this program that uh, the enemy knows if he can weaken the leader, it will weaken the body, if he can smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter but but don 't we sometimes find that the problems and the expectations comes from within it 's within the congregation that these these concerns rises up that try and get rid of the, the, the shepherd, that try and smite the leader. What, what is your understanding?
3: Definitely. You know, the scriptures tell us that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion. And his whole goal is to see families and children and as well as leaders being devoured. That, that has always been his goal. So if you're all three, if you're, a, if you're parents, if you're married and you're a leader, you've got a triple whammy. Um, And so he sends his agents of discord, and they don't always know that they're agents. And the enemy does use people. Just like God will try using people and making use of people in his kingdom, the enemy will use situations to sow lies and sow discord and sow disunity against leadership. And, you know, we, not as leaders, have got to watch out for that, but even as congregations, we've got to assess not how we just choose leaders, but how we maintain our relationship with our leaders because they've got to carry us through those next few years.
0: What do we say to pastors listening this morning, congregants listening this morning? How do we restore pastors? You've made mention of being burned out yourself, suffering that burnout effect. How do we restore our pastors to faith, to active service if if they've fallen in sin, if, if they failed in yes. one way or the other? Can it be done? And what does the scripture say with regards to that?
3: Well, you know, I... Besides the church discipline issue, which is obviously the, the thing of each church where they have to decide, I mean, let's, looking past that, um, the restoration is very important. And the first thing I tell leaders is please, 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 and congregations, this goes for you as well, learn to live and operate from a place of rest. Oftentimes we see busyness as a good sign, as a sign of spirituality, but it's not. You know, when we rely on the power of God to work through us and the ability of God and the uh, resourcefulness of God to work through us, great things begin to happen in our congregation. And many times where the fault begins is because the pastor has this um, expectation on him that he's got to do everything, that he's got to be everything. But when pastors act from a place of rest, they're saying, God, we are relying on you and not on ourselves. And, you know, the Lord Jesus told people, come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he wants to give us rest. And the second point I would say is learn from the feet of Jesus. I find too many pastors are not learning from the feet of Jesus because they're too busy and they're not hearing him. And then thirdly, I would say... Um, that once we are learning from the feet of Jesus, make sure you have prayer support. You know, it doesn't have to be inside the church, but you need prayer support. I have a a dedicated group of people that pray for me and my wife in the work that we do. And without them, I know life would be 10 times harder. And you know, we despise prayer because we feel at times it's a small, insignificant thing. And many times, the first thing I ask is, do you have prayer support? And so many of them are answering in the negative that don't have prayer support. And I often find that is one of the key areas where I see people are failing. Prayer, if the Lord is using prayer to carry me and the body of Christ is supporting me because then I can share my heaviness with trusted people who are praying for me. I can share with them my, my problems. If I have family problems, I tell them and they pray for me. Because, you see, leaders have a bullseye on the back of their backs, and Satan is gunning for them. But, you know, our God is powerful and He's greater than our problems. But the Bible says, pray without ceasing. And that is what we don't do sufficiently, especially in light of the leaders.
0: To pastors, as we said in the intro, who are leading whilst bleeding. Your final words, yeah. your final words to them of encouragement this morning, because after all, they're human too, ministers, reverend, yes. bishops, clergy. Your final words to them.
3: My word would be to this: is that we are accountable to God firstly before we are accountable to people. Sometimes we're going to make unpopular decisions with people, and it may even cause you to be unpopular with the church. But we are answerable to God. Make sure that whatever you do, that You are obedient and loving Him first with all your heart. Number two, do not make ministry your first responsibility. Make sure that your family is your first responsibility after God. Ministry is third or fourth. Um, We learned this mistake the hard way, and it cost us many times, and God had to teach us the order of things. And finally, make sure you have healthy boundaries make sure that you put those boundaries in place my favorite word that i've learned over the years believe it or not it's so concise and so powerful it's the word no and we are allowed to use the word no and it's going to offend people but use the word no every now and again because sometimes god says to you no and we are allowed to say no and finally also learn to find someone to relate to as a sounding board not someone in your local church that's your fellow leader, someone outside of the church from maybe even a different denomination. I want to say something to you. Many times our churches develop a cult-like environment or culture, and by having an outside ear and an outside opinion and thought can really help us get a bit of balance because without healthy balance, We're going to struggle in ministry. And, you know, we we sit with many lies and a lot of deception that we've got to filter through and an outside ear and that outside advice and wisdom from God to someone, can make such a big difference.
0: Well, it's very clear through our discussion, there's a huge weight, a huge pressure, a huge responsibility on the leaders of leading and caring for God's people, yes. to the extent that sometimes you guys just feel you want to quit. Your final words, yes. literally in a minute, your final words of heed unto congregants, to the congregation listening this morning, the listeners of Radio Puppet.
3: You don't always realize that your pastor or your leader or whatever title you give them, he may be or she may be on the verge of giving up. But what you need to do for them today is get on your hands and knees for them and start praying for them. Start encouraging them and remember that they also need love and support like any normal person. And do us a favor, don't put us on a pedestal because we are not God. We are just ordinary people who are there to lead, not by domination, but by example. We are there not to lead from in front, but we are encouraging constantly from behind so that you, as a congregational member, but also as a child of the Lord Jesus, can walk even stronger than before. And that's our goal. That's our job. And if we fail at doing that, we need to say it's not maybe just our fault, but maybe it's a it's a problem within the body of Christ, but you know Jesus is the head of the church and he is sorting out his body, and you know when when we don't act and do what is right, he will come in and he will step in and so I would rather say now let us do what is right for our leaders and let us support them in every way possible. Um, we don't have to um we also don't have to uh, prop them up and cause them yeah. to sit in pride or anything like that that is not god's heart but we we can treat them with absolute love and grace and gentleness um we've had people we've heard of people shouting at leaders you know yeah. uh, it's absolutely unheard of you know in, you know and you don't and, and mistreating people as if they are floor mats. they're not floor mats. The word says, touch not my anointed. Now, he's not talking about someone who's a superhero. He's saying, I've called a person for a job, and I've given them a purpose. Don't interfere with that. Rather, support it.
0: <laughs> well, never again can you say you did not hear, you did not know. After all, they're yes. human too. They're made of flesh too. Your pastor, your minister, your dominie, your reverend, or your bishop, Pastor Dwayne Foxley, thank you so much for chatting to us here at Brandpunt.
3: It's such a, such a pleasure and a privilege. May God bless you all.